Excellent. Well, I think you're all looking really wide awake and alert and um, happy to be here. Uh, Christmas Day, hopefully, has already been an enjoyable time for you. There are all sorts of things we enjoy at Christmas. And this morning, I wanted to honour the humble Christmas card. Uh, and I did bring a Christmas card with me, actually. Where has it gone? I'm not... Okay, so here's my prop this year. Um, two years ago, we had an embarrassing incident with a cracker, so I'm not going back to crackers. <laughs> Last year was okay with a Christmas tree, but this year it's a Christmas card. Um, one of the great things about Christmas is writing and receiving Christmas cards, I think. Uh, hands up if you received a Christmas card or two this year. Who had a Christmas card? Pretty much everyone? Nearly? Excellent. It is estimated that around 900 million Christmas cards are sent each year in the UK alone. So it's a popular thing. They come in all sorts of different shapes and sizes. And let me just say, if you're a normal person like me, it is a mystery to you who the card is from until you open it. Um, if you're like someone else I live with, then you recognize the handwriting of everyone in the world and no Christmas card is a mystery. You know before you open it. But have you ever considered how the Christmas card is something of a miniature picture of Christmas itself? All the different elements that go into writing and sending of Christmas cards are in many ways a snapshot of what Christmas and what this day today is all about. Uh, now, I promise I'll explain that in a moment, but first of all, I want to read from a one Bible verse this morning that I think is perhaps the greatest Christmas Bible verse in all of the Bible, and that verse is John 3.16. You may well know it. You might not have thought of it as being a Christmas verse, but I think it's the best Christmas verse. Here's what it says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now, the great reformer Martin Luther once called this verse the Bible in miniature, because he said it contained the very essence of God's message of love to us. This verse is a little window into the very heart of God, and it's a window into the very heart of Christmas. So putting these two things together, then we've got Christmas cards, and John 3.16, you might say that the truth contained within this verse is like God's Christmas card to us. So even if you didn't receive any other Christmas cards this year, here is one you're receiving now. This is God's Christmas card to us. And so what I want to do this morning is very briefly point out four connections between the humble Christmas cards and the awesome reality of Christ's coming at Christmas summed up in this verse. And I have, as I say, this as yet unopened Christmas card to illustrate, okay? Um, so it took a lot of self-control in our house not to open the card when it came because they get torn open pretty quick. Um, but we've held on to this one. Lizzie knows who it's from. <laughs> uh, and probably no one else does. We'll get to that. First of all then, first connection between the Christmas card and the wonder of what God has done at Christmas. Both are sent with love. Every Christmas card, when you think about it, has a sender. Cards don't just spontaneously appear. They don't, uh, I was going to say they don't grow on trees. I guess they are made of paper, but you know what I mean. They don't just spring up out of the ground. Someone has to write it and send it to us. And that someone is usually a person who cares about us, a person who loves us. 
And they might live halfway across the world, they might live five minutes down the road, but whatever the distance, they care about us enough to send a card to us. And in the same way, God as well sends something with love at Christmas. But so great is his care for us, so great is his love for us, that he wasn't content with just sending a card. He went so far as to send his own son, a living, breathing, saving demonstration of his love for us. Ephesians 2 verse 4 speaks of the great love with which he loves us. God's son, born into this world as a baby, was sent with unfathomable love. Okay, second one. Second of all, he came addressed to us. Every card should have a name on. So this one here actually just says the Chapman's on the front, and I'm going to open it and just pray that it's nothing embarrassing. It should, if this works, have some names inside as well, otherwise the illustration is ruined. Uh, what have we got? Joy to all. Well, that's kind of fitting, isn't it? It's all here. And, oh, there we go. So uh, this is actually from Lizzie's sister. And she was, you were worried, she was worried that it was going to have a nickname for her in there, but it has it. It actually just says, Dear Lizzie, Matt, Noah, Beth, and Toby. So that's what our cards are normally like, isn't it? It's addressed to you. It comes to you. It's a personal thing. Now, perhaps you've actually received a card at some point, maybe this Christmas, that wasn't really to you. It didn't have your name on. It was just one of those generic cards. You know, like you get sometimes from a business or your bank sends you a card. Uh, or, or some, some platform trying to advertise to you sends you a card. But it's just not the same, is it, when the card doesn't have your name on, when it's not really addressed to you, when it's been sent identically to probably 10,000 other people in the country. I don't know about you, but in our house, the, that kind of card goes straight in the bin rather than being hung up on the string. It changes it completely to know that the sender didn't have us personally in mind, that they didn't even know us. But God's Christmas card, God's Christmas card to us, this gospel is not like that at all. It could not be more personal. It could not be more intimate. He knows us and knowing us, he sent his son very intentionally to us and for us. He became one of us to save us. Our names were on the envelope. He came with each of us on his heart to be our saviour. And the saviour, John says, of whosoever believes in him. So where are we up to so far? We're halfway there. Just like a Christmas card, Jesus was sent with love. Just like a Christmas card, he was addressed to us personally. Thirdly, just like a Christmas card... He was paid for in full. Now, I hope that no one here received a Christmas card this year where you opened it up and an invoice fell on the floor uh, asking for payment for the card and for the postage. That, that should not happen. That's not how Christmas cards work, and it's not how Jesus' coming works either. Every Christmas card has been fully paid for by the sender. It is sent as a gift. Uh, the stamp on the envelope tells us it's been paid in full and this one weirdly hasn't been stamped by the post office but usually you get the stamp on top as well don't you which which confirms someone official has confirmed yes it's been paid for in full this card is a gift and so too it is with the gift of God at Christmas 
God didn't send his son with an invoice attached, a demand for payment. Nor does he ask us to pay for what his son subsequently came to do for us. Instead, Christ came to us, not just as God's greatest gift, but in order to pay every spiritual debt that we owed. 1 John 4 says, In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. The father sent his son, this baby in the manger, to ultimately grow up and be nailed to a cross in our place in order to pay the infinite price for our sins. So from beginning to end, from cradle to cross, the gift of God's son was paid for in full. It was stamped with divine approval. And then fourthly and finally this morning, God did all of that in order to bestow on us the richest blessing. Uh, now, people write all sorts of things in their Christmas cards, don't they? I'll have a look at this one again. Um, we are doing well this Christmas. This is all fine. Uh, wishing you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We are looking forward to spending Christmas with you. Excellent. So people write messages like that, don't they? They're encouraging and they express their love for us. But I think the best thing that you get in a Christmas card, maybe alongside the expression of love, is the prayer for God's blessing. So often you get a little word of benediction in a card. So things like, may God bless you and keep you this Christmas. May you be filled with wonder at his birth. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you this season. Those kind of blessings. Those are powerful reminders that the people who send us these cards, they, they want God to bless us. And they're praying that he would. But in the sending of his only son for us, God tells us that he wants us to experience the richest blessing imaginable. John 3.16 again, this is God's desire for us, that we should not perish, but have eternal life. And this, is, this is incredible. This is the best thing you're going to hear all day. Uh, even topping the king's speech later on. I hope you'll be listening. But do you notice how he doesn't just want to prevent us from perishing? He doesn't just want to rescue us from sin and death, which would in itself be an indescribable gift. But it's more amazing still. He wants us to have eternal life. That's why he sent his son, that we might live through him and with him today and forevermore. So this is why we're celebrating Christmas today, because we have everlasting life in him. The gift of a saviour is God's greatest gift to the world. A living, breathing Christmas card, as we've just seen, sent with love, addressed to us, paid in full, and promising the richest blessing possible to all who believe in him. What a saviour we have today. What a king. Why don't we just take a moment of quiet on this busy day? It's a noisy day, but let's just take a moment of quiet to personally respond in our hearts to what God has spoken to us now through his word. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have so loved us that you sent your only son to be born for us, to live for us, to die for us, and to be raised for us. 
all so that we could live with you, worshipping you and enjoying you forever. Father, we pray, please help us to enjoy Jesus and every good gift that is ours through him today. And help us, we pray, to love others because you have first loved us. Amen.